0: This is a Life Source Ministries teaching by Paul Drury. Be built up in your faith as you listen. We have been um, looking at this series that we've been doing called By Faith. And, and you know, I, I, I'm not rushing through this here. I'm not really getting into depth in any of these stories either. You could be here for a long time because we're looking at people's lives and their acts of faith. And, um, you know, you could be a long, long time looking at it, but I'm trying to find that balance where I don't want to, I don't want to skip through it in one or two messages, because there's a lot of great principles here, yet at the other time, I don't want to be bogged down until Jesus comes back, <laughs> I don't want to be neither, but, um, but we have been looking um, in the Hebrews chapter 11, and the key phrase the whole way through is, by faith. And really the writer of the Hebrews is letting us know that it doesn't matter whether you're Old Testament or New Testament, the just shall live by faith. And even those in the Old Testament, uh, even like Moses that we're looking at at the minute, even though Moses um, gave the law, but you know what? Moses had a good report from God, not because of the law, but because of his faith. It's faith that pleases God. And um, anybody, even the Old Testament, New Testament, could, could, could receive salvation because you receive salvation by faith. And you, and we do and walk with God and do great exploits with God because we believe Him. That's the key. See, there's a lot of people who are good people, but that doesn't mean to say that you're walking by faith. No, there's a lot of good Christian people, and we'd say a good Christian or, or good living you know, a good living people, but that doesn't mean to say just because someone's good living, that doesn't mean to say that they're believing God for anything. Yes. You understand? It's completely different. And I'm not saying um, don't live a good life. God will change your life and cause your life to be so much better. But we live by believing. As believers, we live by finding out what God says and starting to believe it to the point that it changes the way we speak and it changes our actions. It changes what we step into. It's, it changes what we go for and what we believe for with our, with our lives from walking with God. And I'm telling you, God can use um, anyone to do great things. Amen. He can use anyone. And so, but it's all about faith. And so we have been looking at, at characteristics of faith throughout um, the, uh, Hebrews chapter 11. But we started looking the other week at, at Moses, Moses' parents. And how that, you know what, they, they hid Moses. They didn't fear the king. And there, and we found out as well that there is a time whenever you you go against laws. There's a time to do it. But we're not lawless people. And uh, you know what? We're not meant to. We're not um, people that are people that throw caution to the wind in that arena. We're not. We're not running around crazy. Um, we're not racking the place or anything like that. But the Bible does teach us: whenever, whenever um, laws are given that are opposite to the laws of God, you stick with God, and you can see that with it. We've seen it in the story of of Moses' parents. We've seen it with the midwives as well. And I could go through loads of places in the, in the Word of God and just show you um, 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 Daniel. Uh, Kimberly was sharing last night on, on, on Daniel. And, um, and she, wa- she was just sharing that the, the decree was given not to pray anymore. But Daniel went and opened up the window and he prayed. Why? Because that was the right thing to do. Not worshipping anybody else, worshipping God. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego did it as as well. The, the wise men, this, they had disobeyed Herod when Herod gave an order to them. When you find that this child that you're looking for, come back to me. But God showed them to go a different way, to head back home. They didn't go back to Herod. They had totally disobeyed the order of a king. Why? Because it was well, his motives were completely wrong, and you can see in the book of Acts as well. You can see where where um, Peter and that whenever they were preaching the gospel, they were forbidden by the Jewish council, the Sanhedrin, not to preach any more in the name of Jesus. And what did they do? They kept preaching that name. And when they were brought before them again, they said, "Who are we going to be, obey? You or God?" So there is a time. But that doesn't mean to say that we are people that are, um, what's that term, anarchists. We're not, we're not out there um, against government. God is for government. But you know, there is a time whenever laws go against um, um, sharing the gospel and things like that, where you stick with God. Amen. That's why people do that when they go into communist countries and different things. They, they go and they still preach Jesus and have done over the years uh, still preach Jesus um, where there's underground churches the reason there is and the reason they keep operating even though the government tells them not to is because they're doing what God says Amen and um, and I'll tell you the way things are going in this world Christianity is being labelled now as hate speech that's, that's what it's being labelled as um, We'll not get into that this evening. Anyway, praise the Lord. But I'm just, just showing that Moses' parents did that by faith when they, when they protected Moses. And then we've seen that he ended up in Pharaoh's house. And we looked at that last, last week, how that he forsook Egypt. The reason being is because he had a different value system. And faith people, one of their characteristics is they have a different value system. They esteem things, certain things that other people disesteem or devalue. And we esteem things that other people devalue. Our value system is different. Moses had everything that this world could offer. As a prince in Egypt, he had it all. But you know what? He forsook it all to identify with the children of Israel, even if it cost him Because he was looking down the line, and that's another thing. Faith people look down the line and they see what is coming, and they value that it's worth putting up with something at this present moment in time for something far better. But you only do that by faith because you have to have faith eyes to be able to see something better. Amen. You have to have faith eyes. And it's the same when it comes to the call of God upon our lives. What do you value? Some people follow the, value the short-term solution. But you know what? I, I've found in serving God many times, it's not always on the path of least resistance where you find what it is God has for you. You just have to be willing to go after God because we have an enemy that's doing everything to stop us from being all God's called us to be as well. But it depends what you value. And Moses valued the call. He valued the recompense. Amen. And so, we see that then where we left last week was, you know what, he, 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 he leaves Egypt and, um, and he takes off. But let me just read this here in Hebrews chapter 11 before we get, it, we get into this, because he does do a runner. And it says here, Hebrews chapter 11, let me just look here in verse um, in verse um, um, 28, just so we can start from here this evening. It says, through faith he kept the Passover. And the sprinkling of blood, least, he, should be dis- uh, uh, least um, he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. And then it says, And by faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land. And so he, this is what I'm going to look at for a, for a bit this evening because whenever Moses left Egypt, I'll just go through it from, from there. When he left Egypt that time, after he'd done a runner from the, from the king, he went into the wilderness, headed to Midian, and he, he, what happens was when, when he does a runner, he ends up, he runs, into, um, he runs into, into people that are feeding their animals. And that's what happens when he ends there. And he, and he ends up meeting Jethro's daughters. And they're feeding the animals. And what happened was um, there was other shepherds came and they pushed them out of the way. And they fed their animals. But Moses stood up for them. And, and the Bible lets us know when, when the girls went back to the Jato's house, they say, said, how come you're back so quick? And they said there was an Egyptian that stood up for us. Do you know what? Moses wasn't an Egyptian, but he looked like one. Okay, to the point that they looked and said he's an Egyptian. But he wasn't an Egyptian. He was one of the, 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 the Hebrews. So... But when they seen Moses, they thought, Egyptian? And and I always think it's it's an amazing thing. It's something God showed me one time when I was studying on leadership. Is that when Moses left Egypt, he looked like, you know, um, he looked like, you know, the pharaoh, that line. He looked like he was royalty. He was dressed in all of the gear and all the rest of it. And the first people that he runs into are shepherds. You know, what? whenever he went back to Egypt, you know, it was a reverse. He looked like the shepherd now going back and standing before Pharaoh. So he he was looking at what he was going to become. And and you see, when he went to Egypt, there was a deliverer in him, but the deliverer wasn't ready to come out yet. He tried to do it his own way because he was trained in all the ways of the Egyptians. He was a mighty man. Um, I said last week um, that Moses, you know, he was a general in the army and... um, I said the thing wrong last week, but what what I was saying what I was saying meant to say was the e- Ethiopians they they attacked Egypt and Moses was a general and he defeated them. So this was a man who had might power. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter um, seven during Stephen's um, message that time that Stephen said that Moses was mighty in word and deed. This was a mighty man, but here was the thing with Moses: there was too much Egypt in him. There's too much of self in him. See, he was going to deliver based on his strength. So he starts taking them out one by one. It was going to take a shepherd to deliver the children of Israel. Amen. Shepherds are humble. And do you see for the next 40 years, do you know what Moses went through? Moses went through a detox. (laughs) A detox of Egypt. Getting Egypt out of him. So we often say, like you know you can, take the, you can take the boy out of the town, but it's hard to get the town out of the boy. And it takes time. And um, do you know what? Moses, he leaves Egypt, but he still has a lot of Egypt in him. And so it took a long time to get that all out of him. And what did he do for that? next time he became a shepherd. Do you know there are several names, and I'll not go through. I can't pronounce some of these, but anyway. But there's several names for um, for Jathro in the Bible. This was who he bumped into, Jathro, and Jathro was a priest. But here, here's some of the meanings of his name. Jathro, his name is given in different ways um, in the Bible, but his name means excellence, famous, um, someone of respect. He was a priest, okay, of of Midia. So this was a man of of um, position, okay. So he was a priest, um, and he was uh, had a position in God. And you know what? God brought this man from Egypt around a man who had position in God. You know Moses had position in the world, but he didn't have position in God. But you know what? God brought him around a man of God, and so he walked with that man of God. Um, another meaning of his name is friend of God another meaning is to, ch- to cherish with affection cherished to hide as in the bosom love so like, God brought Moses around a man who walked in a different field than he, he was used to being in he walked with God and he learned by being around him I have found, you know, people, many times people have a call of God upon their life, but they don't take time to get around people that are walking that. You understand? Walking in the things of God and to grow and to learn from them. I know whenever I got saved, you know what, I, I um, sat underneath Pastor Joe Cory for, for several years and then I sat underneath Pastor Hassan Boyle for, for 18 years or something like that. And and you know what, I, I um, whenever I done the youth and stuff in, in the church, in Dundalk, I would drive around in the bus and do different things. And I got involved in the youth and different things like that. But you know what? I I enjoyed my input into the youth, but really I was training for me. I got to be around a man of God who inputted into my life as we would drive and talk and talk about things and he would share things with me. And you know what? You, You need those years. Sometimes people want to just, because they're successful maybe in one arena, they think they can be successful in another. But you know what? You have to do it God's way. And so Moses, it took, it took time for Moses to get, to get Egypt out of Moses. And to get him to be more like the shepherd and have that shepherd's heart. Because he was going to need it because he was going to be dealing with a bunch of complainers for another 40 years whenever he does finally get these children of Israel out of, out of Egypt. You know, sometimes people don't realize that ministry is, is with people. People come with problems. They come with problems. You know, me and Donna, we talked to a lot of leaders, and it's amazing. They all deal with the same thing because people can be difficult sometimes. And sometimes people have this idea of ministry. Oh, it's just going to be like camp meeting all the time. It can be far from it. Takes real character to walk for 40 years with a bunch of complainers. No, like Moses in the wilderness for a bunch of complainers and keep your eyes on Jesus. Amen. Thank God there's no complainers in here. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. But you know what? Here's the thing. People do have... Problems People do have, have, have difficulties. But you know what? I'm just trying to give a, a, a background to we get back into Egypt here. But you know what? After 40 years, Moses has this experience with the burning bush and God speaks to him out of that burning bush. And we see a different Moses than the one that was going to deliver the children of Israel in his strength 40 years earlier. Now we see a Moses that is making every excuse in the book. But you know what? Moses actually was more equipped more ready because he was going to do it in God's strength now he was actually in a place where God could actually flow through him and Moses wouldn't take the credit or think that it was him it's amazing how many people think people think that it's them and they're actually getting in the road see you find in Moses life as well there's a fine balance to where you God is using you but it is not your ability he's actually graced you to do it And so if you think it's you, pride enters in, where you think, oh, I'm I'm ever so great. But if you take on false humility, you'll do nothing. So there has to be that balance of knowing that, God, it is you. It is absolutely you, God. And I'm telling you, God wasn't doing anything apart from Moses in this situation. You see God moving through Moses the whole time. He's using Moses. He's using him. Just like he uses you and uses me. God wants our body. He wants it to use us. He's looking for vessels that are fit for the master's use. Vessels that he can flow through. And in Moses, he found a man, you know, that, that he could use, that he could flow through. He found a man that kept making all the excuses. God, I can't do it. I can't do it. But you know what? That's a good place to be. But if you stay there, you'll do absolutely nothing for God. You have to get to the place of realizing it's not me, but God, I'm going to trust you. God, I can't, but you can't. Amen. I can't, I can't do it in my own strength. I don't have the ability to do it. But God, I, I'm going to, by faith, I'm going to believe you. I'm going to step out on what you say. God, if you said to put my hand to it, well then I'll put my hand to it. God, if you said to speak, I'll speak. Whatever it is, you do what God's called you to do. See, false humility becomes, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's like a, a twisted pride as well. Because then you elevate self. you all talk about, I can't do it, I can't do it. And it's all about me, me, me again. No, there's a place where I know I can't, but I'm trusting in God. Amen? I'm trusting in Him. I always say, go, go forward leaning back. To where you're not going forward like this in your strength. I can do it. To where you're going forward praying, but you're going forward. You're doing what God calls you to do, and you're doing it in His strength, not in your own strength. Because going forward like this, you end up wore out. Because you, you take it on in your own strength. You take on the fight. You take on the battles. You take on whatever you're facing in life, whether it's health issues or whatever. You take it on in your strength. And you think, I can do it. And the problem is, you, you, you're you're running ahead of God, doing it in your own strength. But when you when you find that balance of, God, I pray, I be in the Word, I let the Word energize me, and I'm doing it in your strength. I'm, I'm speaking, I'm saying all of the things that Jesus has won for me, but I'm totally reliant on Him totally reliant on him but I have to speak I have to act I have to do what God's called me to do Amen and so Moses he has this burning bush experience with God and God reveals to him that he's going to do it in his strength and he said you see what did God say to Moses what do you have in your hand and what do you have he had a shepherd's staff different man and he said throw it down and he threw it down and he picked it up said then pick it up by the tail that's not the way you pick up a snake you don't see any snake handlers picking it up by the tail they go straight for the back of the head and they pick it up so that it can't bite it can't swing round. their whole aim is to get on top of it they have wee gadgets now special sticks that they, they catch them with and they trap them so that they can't spin round and bite you um, but Moses, he, it was a trust thing that lifted up, and God was revealing to him, When you go, you'll go in my strength. You trust me. And then God said, Put your hand in your side, and he put his hand on his side, and he took it out, and it came out leprous. And he said, Put it in again. When he came back out, it came out, um, you know, just like normal, like a normal hand. And the reason being is because God, that wasn't for, I was God, God was going to bring a judgment on, on, on Egypt. And God was showing Moses that, you know what, you're well equipped for this in me. You're not not equipped in in yourself. You're You're going to go up against the greatest superpower on this planet. And you will not deliver them in your strength. I don't care how strong you are. You're going to need me. But when you've got me, you can do it with a stick. Amen. You see, many times we're we're wondering, God, can God do something for me or whatever? And God will say, you know what? What have you got in your hand? And God will say, show you what you have and he'll show you what to do with it. Amen? You see, God's put things in our lives, gifts, talents, abilities, all of those kind of things. And if we look to him and pray and ask God, God will reveal to us. He'll show us. He'll, He'll show us what he's given to us and how to use it. Amen? And so Moses, he does head back. And when he goes back, he calls all the children of Israel and tells them all about the burning bush and all the rest of it. He tells them all the experience. God showed up. Oh, tell you, we're out of here, guys. I mean, it was, it was camp meeting. I mean, we were rejoicing. And the Bible lets us know, and the people believed. This is in Exodus four and verse thirty-one. Whenever Moses and Aaron spake unto the people, it says, "And the people believed when they heard that the Lord had visited the children of Israel, and they looked uh, um, and looked upon their afflictions, And you know what? And they bowed their heads and they worshipped. Come, praise God! Now Moses goes before Pharaoh and Pharaohs." And what he done was, he made it harder for the children of Israel. It's just like you know, you you ever get a revelation of something, you find out what what's yours in Christ Jesus, and you think it's going to get better that week, and actually it was the worst week you've had in in months. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. So we know the children of Israel they were slaves. They had taskmasters. Um, but when Moses went before Pharaoh, Pharaoh says, I'm not letting them go. In actual fact, we'll make it harder for them. They can get their own straw now, and they have to do the same quota of work. They have to get the same amount in. So you have to do the same work, but it's going to be harder for them. And so the children of Israel, they didn't they weren't in camp meeting anymore after that. You ever go to a camp meeting and that's exciting. And it's like, oh, I have to leave. (laughs) I have to leave. All that singing and dancing and running about the place. And you know what? It was great. From morning to night, services, praise God. It's some environment to be in. Even like, you know, you have people when they go to Bible school as well. You know, it's a great environment to be in. And it is camp meeting every day. It is like revival every day. And then when Bible school is over and they go into what God has for them, it's not always like that. But you know, see, Moses has character in him now. So you do. Know, you see character in Moses, where even though Moses is dealing with them, rejoicing one minute and complaining the next, it doesn't stop Moses on the mission that God has for him. He still keeps going, even though he brings it to God. But he keeps going. He's got character. I've seen people that have been gun bla- gun, all guns blazing, and the first problem they hit, they're finished. Because they weren't prepared for it. They weren't ready for it. They didn't have that preparation time. But I tell you, everybody needs preparation time. Moses had it. He had those years of preparation. Jesus had his preparation time. And um, Paul had his preparation time. And every one of us. That's why it's important to, to allow God to develop us. Stay in the Word and you, when you, you how do you develop? You stay in the Word and then when you, you come up against the problem, you grow in it. You don't run from it, you grow in it. You take God's Word and you apply it to it. You, when you meet someone that's difficult that comes against you, that's the best workout you'll ever get on walking in love. Walking in forgiveness when somebody treats you wrong and you have to forgive them. I tell you, that's better than, than any book that you're going to read. You may get the information. But you don't get the experience from a book. You take what you learn and then you apply. And it's the same when you come to church, you hear the things of God. What you're doing is you're, you're growing. You're, you're getting what the Word says. But you'll always get an opportunity to put it into practice. You'll grow. But you see character in Moses. Why? Because he had those years. He had those years. And sometimes when you're in that period, it can feel like, God, do you even know where I am? God, have you forgot about me? Do you want God knew exactly where Moses was. Exactly. Amen. God's heart was bounding towards Moses. Loved him. Just like he loves us. And sometimes if you ever face those periods where you feel like, God, have you forgot about me? Yeah, I had to have faith. That's odd place of putting faith and saying, God, I know you know exactly where I am. And you love me. So you see, God doesn't want to put us out before time into something. Because we could get hurt and injured in the process, you understand? Sometimes people jump into stuff and they're not ready for it. It would be like going on the battlefield and they haven't been trained. So uh, God God knows what he's doing. That's why we are led by the Spirit of God. Amen. Just let the Spirit of God lead you. So so it just keeps getting harder for, for, for them. So it does. And then Moses, what happens was, after this, when Moses came and even revealed to God God, God, God showed himself again to Moses. Moses went to the children of Israel and they, they didn't believe him this time. The first time they did, second time they didn't believe him after he came from, from Pharaoh. But you know what? Moses went in before Pharaoh again. And when he went in before Pharaoh again, that was the time whenever Moses and Aaron went in and Aaron dropped down the rod. And the, um, the, the magicians of A pharaoh, they dropped down their rods. Aaron's rod—it was Moses' rod—but Aaron's using it. It it turned into a snake. And then um, the magicians—they dropped down theirs. Because I tell you, there is there's demonic power as well, and Egypt was full of it. But here was the thing: the Bible says that Aaron's rod gobbled up all of their their snakes that they threw down, and it just showed that God was greater. And you see with God, with with Pharaoh, with that God is giving Pharaoh step-by-step opportunity to let the people go. First of all, just comes and say, let the people go. He won't do it. And he's, bit by bit, and sometimes people think, why did God do what he did? It wasn't, God was getting those people out of there. They were the ones in bondage. Pharaoh was the, 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 the mean one in this situation, but God gave opportunity after opportunity after opportunity, but there was a clash going on and Pharaoh and was not going to back down. So God hardened his heart. It wasn't, it wasn't that God just went and hardened his heart. It was, it was indirectly because every time God done something, Pharaoh's heart got harder and harder understand it got harder and harder and it's the same for people you know in in life you know what your heart can get softer or get harder and furrows got harder it's it's like you know there's things that get soft in the sun and there's things that get hard in the sun like a a, a boy an egg will, will boil become rock hard the ground will dry up just like it's been at the, this last while, and it gets rock hard. But you, know, you leave an ice cream out, take it out of the fridge, and leave it outside. You'll see it'll get soft, and it'll run all over the place. That's the way we want our heart to be before God. We're just soft before God. I'm not resisting you, God. I'm totally yielded to you, God. When you when you when you speak to me, I'm yielded to you. So God God is is speaking to Pharaoh, Ferrell and Pharaoh's heart instead of becoming soft. God's going to show who he really is. And so Pharaoh says, no. And then and then these plagues started. I'm not going to go through them um, as an. I'll call them out. There was the, 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 the Nile turning to blood. There was the frogs. There was the lice. There was the flies. There was the cattle smitten. There was the boils. There was the hail with fire. There was the locusts. There was the darkness that could be felt for three days. Not that, nobody moved. It was thick. You could feel it. And then there was the death of the, of the firstborn. But if you, if you look up all of these things, I, I, I have done several times. If you look up all of these um, plagues, there were all a judgment on the gods in Egypt, every single one of them. And the, the last one, the, the death of the firstborn, the Bible says that was a judgment on all the gods of Egypt. Everything that they held dear. So everything that they put trust in, that was a judgment on that. And really what it's showing is who's going to be standing at the end of this. And it was God that was going to be standing at the end of this. You know, when you read stuff like this, you'd be, you'd be thankful we're in days of grace. Amen. But there will come a day when when in tribulation where you're going to see, just like God put the heat up in this situation, you go and read the book of Revelations and you see with the Antichrist and all of those that side with the Antichrist, you will see the same judgment type, not the exact same, but you will see that it's, it's actually worse, it's greater during that period. Praise God, we live in grace. Amen. Praise God. And I'm telling you, we're not subject to the wrath of God. As believers, we will never face this side of God. Never. Never. Never, ever, ever will we ever face that side of God. We face the love of God forever and forever and forever. Amen. It's, it's wonderful. But um, and when it came to the death of the firstborn, this would affect all of the, the, everybody and the, and the uh, livestock as well. And it says, for, it says here, this is Exodus 12, verse 12. It says, For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and I will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both men and beast, And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. God was bringing them out. But let me tell you, I, Jesus done the same thing. He brought us out. And I tell you, He, he faced down hell. And the Bible says he spoiled principalities and powers. And he made a show of them openly. He dragged them around the heavenlies. I tell you, in the heavenly world, everybody knows who Jesus is. Everybody does. Everybody knows who Jesus is. Everybody knows how awesome he is. Amen. And one day, every knee is going to bow, and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. One day, everybody's going to know who Jesus is. Amen. And how awesome and how mighty he is! Praise God. But it's, it lets us know that by faith that Moses—that's what it said in Hebrews eleven—by faith Moses kept the Passover, and there's only one way of of escaping. The judgment. And that is through the Passover. That's the only way. But the Passover is a type of Jesus Christ. And so in in Egypt that night, there was going to be a death in every house. Every house was going to face a death. It didn't matter whether you were a a, a Jew or whether you were an Egyptian, there was going to be a death in every house. The thing was, it was either the firstborn or, or else it was a substitute. Amen? Also, was a substitute. So every house there was going to be death. But thank God that in the children of Israel's side, they had a death of a substitute. That the substitute took their place. And praise God, Jesus took our place as well. Amen. Only for Jesus, let me tell you, you can't escape apart from the Passover. The Passover lamb is Jesus. The Bible says in, in um, 1 Corinthians 5 and verse 7, it says, even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Jesus was all a type of Jesus. Every part of this, this Passover, is all about Jesus. That's why John said, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's why Jesus, when did he die? He died at Passover. He was that Passover Lamb. They were were doing it in type, but the reality was showing up and down for you and down for me. And it was only through Jesus that we can be set free from our bondage. Do you see, the children of Israel didn't didn't get out of Egypt until the Passover. And the Passover, after the Passover lamb, they were set set free. Pharaoh couldn't hold them any longer. Amen. let me, let me just look at this here just for a moment. It says, this is in Exodus, 13, or Exodus 12 and verse one it says, "And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, "This month shall be unto you a month of beginnings." In other words, this is a new start. So this was April, and this was a new start. And I want you to know that in Jesus you get a new start. I tell you, I didn't start living until I received Jesus as the Lord and Savior of my life. I thought I was living. I thought, it was, I thought it was living. I thought it was one of the boys, but I was empty inside. There was something always missing. But I'm telling you, when you have Jesus, you start living. And this was going to be the start of it for them. And this was going to be something that they were to remember as the Jews forever. This is something that they were to remember. Amen. We have part of the Passover, not as the bread and the wine that Jesus um, gave to us. And we remember what Jesus done for us. As believers, amen, that he shed his blood for us, that his body was broken for our healing. Praise God. He, uh, um, this is verse 3, Exodus 12. It says, Speak unto the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of the month, ye shall take every man, look at that, every man a lamb, according to their, their, their fathers. A lamb for a house. Praise God. Every man was to take a lamb. You know what, I praise God for women that serve God. We all need to serve God. But it is, it's a, it's a, it's a fact that when men serve God in their house, it has a major impact. It's just based on statistics. We all need to serve God. But there's something about the weight of a, of a man. Oh, you know, in, in this world, you know what, we're trying to do away with, with, with men and women. But I'm telling you, God still sees men and women. And when a man leads his home, when a man leads his home in Jesus, it has an impact on the family. And so it, it lets us know here uh, uh, um, every man a lamb, according to their house, a lamb for a house. That lets us know that I'm telling you, God is interested in our home. He's interested in saving our, our parents, interested in saving our, our um, kids. A lamb for a house. Let me tell you, Jesus is enough for us all. He died for us, He's enough for the whole world. He's more than enough. And then it says here, verse 4, And if the house be too little for the lamb. Notice the lamb is never too little for the house. The lamb is big enough to satisfy the whole house. Let me tell you, Jesus is full. You never never drain Jesus dry. There's enough in Jesus for every situation, every problem, no matter who's in your house. Jesus is enough to, to meet every need in that house. People look outside of Jesus to meet their needs. People get into self-help and all of these kind of things and they go into um, weird religions and different things that can't do anything for them. But I'm telling you, Jesus is always more than enough for anything that goes on in the house. He can save every soul. He can meet every problem, every situation in that house. He He is the only one who can minister into every area in our life, every area. He is—he's more than enough, amen. And then it says, "Your lamb shall be without blemish." A meal—again, it was a type of Jesus. A meal of the first year—you shall take it out of the sheep, or from the goats. And it says here, "Without without blemish." And you see, from the tenth day, it lets us know here. Verse, let me just read verse six. It says, "And you shall keep it on till the fourteenth day of the same month." Um, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening so they, 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 they killed it at the, the Passover in the evening time and I'm telling you they were out of Egypt after at they at the Passover but um, they, they were to take this lamb on the 10th day and they were to inspect it till the 14th day it had to be without blemish do you know what? They, they, they inspected this lamb. this lamb. This lamb was brought close to them. They watched this lamb. They watched the life of this lamb. This lamb became valuable. So you have there for the 10th, the, the, the 11th, the 12th, the 13th, and the 14th for those five days. Because it was right to the evening whenever they killed it. And at the Passover lamb, what would they do? They were inspecting. Let me tell you, Jesus is the spotless lamb of God, the Bible says. There's no sin in him. Amen. And they were to look, and they they inspected the lamb, which is always, it always blows me away. I remember whenever I seen this, for the first time it changed everything in my whole Christian walk. They didn't inspect the people, they inspected the lamb. It's not about how good you are, it's how good the lamb is. Amen. See, that's the problem too. Too many people are looking at themselves. Even in the the breaking of the bread, the Bible does tell us to examine ourselves, but we're not to examine ourselves apart from the bread and wine. We're to examine ourselves in the light of it. You're to look at yourself and then, see, what has Jesus done for me and where am I in relation to what he done for me? I'm a living condemned and the blood has been shed to forgive all of my sin. Amen? I'm a a sick and and stripes wearing Jesus back for my healing. Is there an area in my life where there's deficiency when I have a covenant with God? That's the way we're meant to think. We're, We're meant to look at ourselves in the light of Jesus. What He done for us. Amen? And so you see here, what did they do? They checked the lamb to see was it without blemish. Not to see were we without blemish. That's how you talk yourself out of your faith. Because when you look at yourself, you're going to see all your problems. If you put the spotlight on you, there's enough problems in your life to condemn you and talk you out of your faith. But when you realize how much God loves you, that he provided a lamb for you, then it's not how good you are. It's, thank you, Jesus, that you died for me. Isn't that how we came in salvation? Was it how good we were in salvation? If we had came based on us, we'd never have received salvation And then the fact that they needed a lamb showed that they weren't perfect. They needed a lamb without blemish. Because it was a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, you're never going to be good enough, and I'm never going to be good enough. Does that mean don't live a good life? No, let the Word change you and live in the fruit of the Spirit. But you don't receive from God based on how good you are. You receive from God based on how, how good your lamb is, how good Jesus is, and you put faith in what Jesus done for you. Praise God. Amen? It's how good was the lamb. It's how good was Jesus. And so then they killed it, and they were to take the blood and they were to strike the doorposts. And, you know, so, and a picture of the cross is a picture of Jesus dying for us, and he was struck for you. And the blood was shed. And then it says you're to take the flesh. So you see here again that there's an there's a application of blood and there's an application of the body, just like with Jesus, his blood was shed. Amen. But then we're to also be a partaker of, of his body and what his body he was broken for us. Amen. He he was striped for us. Thank God we're forgiven, but I'm telling you, thank God He's also made provision for us physically in this world as well. Praise God for Jesus. There's no one like him, absolutely none like him. And it said here they were to eat the flesh. Well, that simply means you're to partake of him. It was not what Jesus said, eat my flesh and drink my blood. And the people didn't understand. They thought he was talking about cannibalism. But what Jesus was saying was partake of what I have come to give you. You have to partake of it. And they partook of the Passover lamb. And I'm telling you, we're to partake of what Jesus won for us as well praise God and the Bible says that it was to be roasted with fire that is a type of judgment and unleavened bread and, 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 and with bitter herbs again bitter herbs talking about like, uh, the sin I'm telling you the cross for Jesus was not pretty it was not pretty See, he took your place, and he took my place at the cross. And they were they were uh, they, they were not allowed to eat it, eat it uh, raw. They weren't allowed to add anything to it and water and boil it. See, sometimes people want to water down what Jesus done, or they want to add something to what Jesus done. See, people want to do two things. They want to have a, a Jesus plus their goodness, a Jesus plus their their holiness. Instead of having Jesus, they were not allowed to water down what is the, the lamb you need. You don't need to add anything to Jesus or take away from him. You need Jesus. You need full-fat Jesus, you understand? You, need, you don't need diet Jesus. You need Jesus. Praise God. And they were to... to, 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 they were to um, Roast the whole lot, the head, the legs, and all of the inward parts. And they were to eat it. And nothing was to remain, and whatever was left at the end of the, the carcass, or whatever, it was then to be burned with fire. But I want you to know that Jesus, you need them all. Some people just want to surface as Jesus. But you need the inward as well. I'm telling you, you see, the more I I go on, I want the heart of Jesus. I want the heart of him when I minister to people. I don't want to minister just a surface Jesus. I don't want no modern Christianity to where it's just a show and a performance and no heart in it. And no real true ministry or ministry to people. It's just a show. It's a performance. It doesn't penetrate because, see, you have to know the heart of Jesus to minister the heart of Jesus. You have to know the inward parts. But how, you, how do you know the inward parts? You get intimate with him and you get to know his heart. You get to know his compassion. You get to know his love. You get to know his love for people. That comes from, an, from getting to know the heart of Jesus, not just the frills, not just the latest song, not the sticker on the car. Oh, I've got a fish in the car, I'm really with it. I tell you that doesn't mean squat at the end of the day if you can't show love and compassion and mercy to people. Amen. Mercy is is better than sacrifice. It's important having a heart for people. Not thinking about self all the time, but, but seeing people, people people I'll tell you a lot of people hurting. It's always a lot of people hurting and we can't fix everybody. But you know what? God could use you to minister to one or two this week or some people that are, are really hurting or whatever. God could use you. But sometimes we're so focused on ourselves. But I'm telling you, see, when you get caught up with the heart of God, you realize that Jesus was full of compassion. He went about full of compassion. When he seemed to hurting. he wasn't just thinking about himself. He was thinking about others. I want that. But you know how you get that? You have to partake of him. You have to partake of who he is. And I tell you, it was by faith they partook of the Passover because that was the only escape. And the only escape out of Egypt, the only escape out of our bondage, and any bondage in our life, doesn't matter what, when we get saved, thank God, we're, we're delivered from the, the nature of sin. But sometimes we still can have bondages in our life. It's like Lazarus. When Lazarus was raised from the dead, just like we're raised from the dead in resurrection, do you know what? He still had grave clothes on. And sometimes we can be bound in areas, but the only way out of it is through Jesus. Jesus is the only one who can set a person free. He the Son sets free. is free indeed. But the Bible also says you'll know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. There's a freedom that comes from knowing the Word as well, having your mind renewed to what Jesus done. Amen. But it lets us know here. Um, let, me just, let me just talk this part out. We'll leave, we'll leave it with this this evening. But you know what? Uh, they were to eat the Passover dressed and ready to go. Do you know what that is, expecting? And and, and God told them, don't take your time. Don't take your time eating it. Don't... don't um, Don't let you know, eat a bit of it and stick it in the fridge. Let me tell you this get out of here quick. Why would you want to stay in bondage anymore? Get out of bondage as fast as you can. And so they were to eat it, dressed, and ready to go. And you know what happened um, when the the judgment came? The Bible says that when I see the lamb, or when I see the blood, I'll pass over. See, that's the only thing that protects us. That's it. We're blood bought. We're washed and cleansed in the blood of Jesus. Once you receive Jesus, you've had that blood applied to you. That's how you overcome by the blood of the Lamb. we don't overcome by the blood of the Lamb by saying, I've put blood all over my car and all of this kind of stuff. No, in the Bible, the, the, the blood was applied by God. So it was. Now, in this situation you know, as types and shadows. But you see that the blood, you know what it is? Jesus went into heaven. Jesus presented the blood. We're washed and cleansed in the blood of Jesus. Let me tell you, I'm not putting blood all over my car. That's not how you overcome by the blood of the lamb. You overcome by the blood of the lamb by getting saved. When you get saved, the blood has been applied to your life, and you're blood bought. You've been bought with a price. And I'll tell you, if we could see spiritually, we would see those that belong to God. Amen. Because they're blood bought. They've been bought with a price. We're all bought with a price. And the blood has been applied to our life. Now what we have been given, we were given the name. And so we have the name that's above every name. So when we go out in life, we use that name. We use the name of Jesus. Amen. That's a whole nother thing. But here was what happened. You see, whenever the, it happened, the, the, the death angel passed and all the death in, the, in the, the Egyptian camp, their hearts were knocked right out of them. What happened was, there was they, they, they feared the, the, the children of Israel because they realized, see, it was a process of time. And they realized that their God is greater. And they said, We'll all die. And you know, in that situation, what happened was God gave them favor. God give them favor with the Egyptians to where they just didn't leave. They left with all of the back pay that they were owed Amen. over and above. The Bible says they spoiled Egypt when they left. Praise God. Many can do with some back pay. Amen. Amen. Praise God. God's a great restorer. Amen. And when they left Egypt, the Bible says that they left with silver and gold and jewels and clothes. Praise God, there was people that were wearing rags, now had Armani suits. Yeah. Levi's. Levi's, yeah. <laughs> That's the ones the Levi's wore. Uh, but you know what, they left with the best. And it wasn't wasn't for them all. It was so that they had something in the wilderness they could give to God. They abused that down the line, but you know what? the 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 tabernacle was to be built. They had something to give. All of those kind of things. But I'm telling you, God bless them. And um, let me just finish with this verse here. Praise God! I'm away past it. I was just looking for the verse in Psalm. Can look it up after, but you know what? The Bible says that they left with the silver and the gold, and there wasn't one feeble one among them. Praise God for the Passover, Amen. Praise God for the Passover. I tell you, Jesus is our Passover Lamb, and I want you to know everything you need is in Him. Everything. What? A, what? I tell you you see the more you talk on Jesus? The more excited you become about what he has done for you and the covenant that we have with him and the provision that is in him. What a wonderful God. I tell you, I tell you God was magnified that day. He was magnified that day when they left Egypt. He was magnified. The people knew who was God that day. Amen. And I'm telling you, as believers... Thank God we get to magnify our God. We get to value the lamb. Every one of us were ghost if it wasn't for Jesus. Amen. Boys, oh, I, I value. I value Jesus more and more. More and more. I tell you, he deserves our praise. He deserves the glory. He's a good God. He, he didn't deserve the day. We did. He didn't deserve to be, to have his life poured out, to have his back ripped open. He didn't deserve to be spat on. He didn't deserve to have his beard plucked out, to have those crown of thorns pushed into his head. He didn't deserve to be striped and nailed to a cross. He didn't deserve that. But that was his love for you and his love for me. See, everything that he did was for us. He gave his life for us, a ransom for many to deliver us from our taskmaster that we had to set us free. What a good God. Amen. I'll tell you, we'll sing his praises forever and forever and forever. And we'll say, worthy is the lamb. Amen. Worthy is the lamb. Praise God. Amen. Well, we'll leave it there this evening. Praise you, Lord. Lord, we just love you tonight. Listening to this teaching by Paul Drury, our vision at Life Source Ministries is to reveal Jesus' love and grace to all generations. To stay up to date with the ministry, like Life Source Ministries on social media or visit our Facebook page. Contact us with any questions or if you would like Paul to minister for you, email LifeSource Ministries 1 at gmail.com. That is LifeSource followed by the number one at gmail.com.